0: Hello and welcome to She's Killing It, the Serial Entrepreneur's Guide to Building an Empire. I'm Alicia Shoemaker. And I'm Deb Oliviera. And we're here to share our tips, tricks, and shortcuts to building a massive business. Between the two of us, we've built over a dozen businesses, many of them being six figure businesses. And we can't wait to share our experience to help you launch and grow a massive empire.
1: We want to be the ones that help you scale your business, automate it, grow your team, and build your empire.
0: Let's get started.
1: Thank you for joining us for our next episode of She's Killing It. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about being a learner as an entrepreneur.
0: Yes, I think we kind of have this mentality that once you're started a business, you don't need to learn anything else. And it's actually the complete opposite. So I know, Deb, you do everything from reading and podcasts and like connecting with people online and reading all these different blogs. I do the same thing. I have a stack of business books next to my bed and I kind of like float through them. Like, I'll read a little piece of this one. I'll read a little piece of this one. Do you do that too?
1: Do. And so for my work, I spend so much time in the car. So I am always listening to podcasts or books on audio because I want to optimize the free time that I do have into personal growth. For sure. I love those little nuggets of wisdom, but then there's also being an entrepreneur. I believe that you should always have a coach yourself.
0: Community is so incredibly important when it comes to owning a business. It's not about isolation. It's lit- You actually need to create a new community. And a lot of that comes from coaching and mentoring relationships. I mean, I know, yeah. at least for me, I've had both. Like having a coach and a mentor, and they're drastically different.
1: Absolutely. Like there's so many ways that you can grow as an entrepreneur. I think that you just always need to be in this mindset of I am going to be a learner. I'm going yes. to be open and know that I don't have it all figured out. And that there is someone else that has more information than what I do. And I'm going to be open to learning that information, learning those little nuggets. And it doesn't even always have to mean someone who is ahead of you in business. Although when it comes to coaching and mentoring, it should be someone ahead of you. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to learning these little nuggets and always being open to receiving those little pieces of information, I think that you can get that from everyone.
0: Yes, I think there's nuggets pretty much in every relationship. It really has more to do with how do you foster relationships with people either ahead of you in an industry or that are specifically coaches. So I know I get this question a lot when we talk about coaching. What is the difference in your mind between a coach? And a mentor?
1: I love this question because I've done both. I worked with coach after coach after coach. And then I worked with a mentor and I was like, oh, there is a difference.
0: There is.
1: Yeah. So I love to answer this question. So mentoring is someone who is generally in the same industry as you and they are able to walk beside you and tell you based off of their own experience. Like they, they're not guiding you to the answers. They're telling you, this is my experience.
0: Yeah. This is what I did.
1: Yeah. Versus coaching is they're kind of coaching the answers out of you. Like you have the answers within
0: and they're Mm -hmm. helping
1: you get there.
0: And I think a coach doesn't, I mean, most of the time coaches are not necessarily in the same industry. They might have that industry experience if they're a very specialized coach, but the coach brings out of you the ideal business scenario that you're trying to get coached on, right? Whether it's somebody like you that does systems coaching or somebody like me that does marketing and business coaching, those kinds of things, we're trying to draw the answer out of them and help them create their experience. Where with a mentor, it's, I want to follow in somebody's footsteps because they're 10 steps ahead of me and I want to be where they are. So I want to learn from them. Now, the question I get asked also is, do you pay for mentoring and do you pay for coaching and do you have them at the same time?
1: Oh, oh, I like that. (laughs) So personally, I believe that within our entrepreneurial journey, and this is my own personal opinion, I believe that you should have a mix of both in different seasons. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there are some seasons of your life where you need both where you are in such a massive season of growth that you need the mentor to be like, okay, here are the things that I did here, are the things that worked. And then the coach to be like, okay, well, what are you going to do with those things? Like which ones align with the life that you actually want? So now you know the facts of your industry, but now how are you going to use those so that they apply to your business? And so that they serve your life.
0: Exactly. So let's talk about some of those seasons early on in your entrepreneurial cycle season, or even helping a business get started. What is the ideal kind of coach mentor situation look like?
1: So I always suggest for anyone who's getting started in business is to find a mentor. You're not, I mean, you can start with a coach. But personally, I would suggest starting with a mentor. A mentor, once again, is someone who is in your industry, who is farther along than you are, that is able to talk about your industry and the things that they've learned as they've come up. So kind of like a, I started at the bottom of the ladder, I rose to the top of the ladder, and now I'm going to reach back and help someone else come up that ladder. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is going to be willing to be that person. But if you are starting out in your industry, it is okay to reach out to others in your industry who are farther along than you and ask them, like, hey, are you open to mentoring me? Like, to take me under your wing and teach me what you know. And it's okay if they say no. It just means that they are not the right fit for you. When it comes to payment, it is okay if that person says, you know what, my time has value. Mm -hmm. And so I am going to charge an hourly rate for us to work together. Yep. That's okay. And I honestly believe that if they're saying that my time is worth something, like that we should be paying that.
0: Absolutely. I use this phrase all the time. We do not negotiate with experts. If you value their opinion, if you value their feedback, their experience then, and they're asking for payment, it is not up to you to negotiate that number you thought they were valuable enough to ask for help, that means that you pay what there were.
1: Absolutely. So I guess with that, what I was getting to in a roundabout way was just don't expect that your mentor is just gonna like give you all of their years of blood, sweat, and tears for free. And I think it's probably good If you're going to someone to mentor you for them to be like, actually, this is my hourly rate, because that means that they have went through the season of learning their value. So they have even more value to bring to the table to teach you.
0: I think the same goes for coaching. You know, we're talking specifically about mentoring and paying mentors, but coaches are the same way. So I had an experience fairly recently where I was looking at a coaching relationship. I saw somebody doing some incredible growth strategy coaching. And I'm like, I know, I know I want to work with them. And I know that their pricing is going to be high. Not high in a bad way, just it's a ton of value. So it's going to be expensive. Yeah. When I sat down with him to talk about what a coaching situation would look like, we specifically talked about where I was at, what our sales were, what kinds of things we wanted to grow into. And he looked at me, and he goes, no, you're not ready for me yet. I was fired by a potential coach. He's like, you're not ready for me in a year when you have this much in sales a month, when you have steady income here, then we can talk. But you're not ready for me yet. That was the most amazing failed coaching experience of my life because it did two things. First of all, it showed that he knows what his value is and he knows exactly what this program is for and that my business isn't ready and my life isn't currently ready to take that yep. massive growth step, which means that I'm not going to throw away the money and then not be able to actually sustain it. The second thing was, girl, you know, I am calling him in a year going, let's do this. I'm ready. I have the pieces you said I needed. Now I'm ready to bow. So it was a complete ass grace and Yeah.
1: Knowing you and I, Alicia, it's like, after that was said, it's like, Okay. Oh, game, on, game on.
0: Right. Come on. Game on. Let's go. I'll call you in six months. Watch. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: they just watch me go.
0: <laughs> I think there's so much value in a coach being able to look at you and not just say, how can I make money off of you? But a, like a true coach is so focused on how do I help this person move ahead? And there is a season for certain coaches.
1: How do you personally find your coaches?
0: Oh, wow. That's a tough question. I find them everywhere. So sometimes it's a speaker that I really like to follow and, you know, or a podcaster that I really like to follow and hearing that they have a program or sometimes it's something like, you know, somebody else has gone through the process and I'm plugged into so many different areas and specifically for me, for agency owners. And there's coaches that show, you know, agency growth opportunities and agency growth coaching but it's what are the ones that make me stop what are the ones whose voice and tone just feels like it aligns or they have this natural attraction i firmly believe there has to be a great relationship between you and your coach in order to trust them i mean you're essentially building a relationship even for a short amount of time i have to be willing and able to say either i'm scared i can't i don't know how and be vulnerable with that person. So it really has to be some level of I mean it's like asking about dating, right? I'm trying to figure out which coach I want to date right now.
1: Yep. <laughs> and different coaches for different seasons.
0: It is. You know, we started with an agency coach toward the end of December and beginning of January. It was a 3-month cycle. It was an incredible experience. We grew a ton in that timeline. She has an elevated program. I don't think it's a fit for me anymore. We hit a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for a, a different coaching experience. It's okay to one, find a coach. Two, have a coach tell you that you're not ready for them or they're not ready for you. And three, to be done with a coaching relationship when you feel like you've gotten everything that you needed from that coach and look for a different relationship, whether it's a different niche or a different style or a different level.
1: Yeah. I realized I came to this point a few times with different coaches that I picked them because I was playing it safe. It felt comfortable. And so I, ah, I think I had this three or four times within my 14 year career Yeah, that I would sit down and talk with a new coach. And I kind of got a variation of the same thing, which was, you know, the right answers. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you just doing those things? And it would come to this point of being like, I can't really help you because you know, the answers. And it's because I was picking coaches that it just felt safe. Like I was playing small. And so I had to come to this realization after like the third or fourth time where I'm like, okay. And this also does mean a different price point of what I'm paying my coaches.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like it has to be a little bit scary, a little bit out of my comfort zone. And once I did that, like, I had massive growth that year. And so sometimes picking yes. a coach is getting a little bit scared, a little bit out of that comfort zone, and being like, okay, I'm going to go with a coach that like they produce results.
0: Yes. There is like this moment, I think, for every business owner when they're first kind of getting into this coaching and they realize they need to pay good money for it. There obviously has to be a level of, I can afford it, right? I can find yep. the money to pay them. So there is some budget constraints somewhere for everyone but if you look at the number and go oh my god that probably is a good sign especially if they can show results i mean it obviously please do not go into intense debt and tank your business to hire the best coach because there could be a like a stepping stone coach in the meantime but you know when you look at the number and go oh that is that's a little scary typically the scary things are the best things to really propel you to growth the other piece i look at is if i have a ton of skin in the game. If I dropped thousands of dollars to work with this coach, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to listen to them like the expert that they are. And I'm going to figure out how can I apply this as soon as possible? Not like, okay, do you do this too? I have probably 200 emails with tips and hacks and hey, try this system like the freebie giveaway emails that come to your inbox, every mailing list you're on, I probably have 200 that I backed away. Like, oh, this will be really helpful later.
1: At some point, yeah, I'm going to come back to this. We never come back to them.
0: We never come back to this. Like it just never happens.
1: Yeah. Like a coach is so nice to sit there and basically give you homework and tell you you're doing this.
0: Mm -hmm. And that money convinces you to do it. Like you dropped $10,000 on this coach. Are you really not going to do the freaking homework?
1: Are you kidding? I will do the extra credit on that.
0: (laughs) How do I, how do I get an A plus in coaching? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is the community aspect of learning and Mm -hmm. growing. Yes. So we can learn from others in different industries. So sure. Your mentor should probably be in your same industry because mm-hmm. they're going to be able to be insightful. Like I had a mentor at one point, I did try it out of someone outside of my industry and the things that they were suggesting, they're like, well, maybe you can do this. And it's like, oh, that doesn't work in my industry. No. Like, That's a great plan. That's a great idea. So mentor should probably be in your same industry. Mm-hmm. Coach does not need to be in your same industry.
0: But I think picking a coach based on the direction that you want to grow in So if you feel like your marketing is not going well, hire a marketing coach. If you feel like your strategy overall as a business is sluggish, then we need to see a strategy coach. If you have a system delay, like you're doing way too many things by hand, hire a systems coach. If you have fear around business and success, go hire a business life coach. (laughs) I mean, it's finding the right thing for where you want to grow. That every coach is not going to drastically change your business. In every single way, you're hiring a coach for a specific deliverable.
1: Exactly. Yes. So then the last thing is that community aspect.
0: There is something about moving up in the business world with people. Like you're starting in the same place. You're always in the trenches together. You're coming up at the same time. You're going through the same hurdles. You're hitting that first round of imposter syndrome at the same time. It's sort of like those, you know, those BFFs in high school, right? The ones that you just, they're your people. And I feel like in a lot of ways, we ignore this part of community when it comes to business owners. So how it's really important to connect to a community of business owners, because the only people who truly understand what it's like to own a business are people who've owned a business or are starting around the same time as you.
1: So how do you personally find your fellow business owner communities that you can plug into and kind of, you know, be in a safe place that you can be vulnerable and say, Hey, this is the thing that I'm struggling in business, or here's my win. And, you know, really find those high school BFFs, but in business,
0: in business, your business BFFs. So for me, I network and connect like crazy. Not like I, I'm not a part of 17 BNI's, but like I find different communities that are getting together in more casual ways because it gives me a chance to kind of feel out what the energy is in the room. And there are spaces that I walked into and went, I'm going to nope right out of here. This is absolutely not for me. And then I've walked into some where I just walk in and you can just feel it. You're like, these are my people. I don't know who in this room I have to be with, but there's just a connection that I have to make and i feel like it's not always about the time that you've had in business but the place your business is in so there can be a person who's been in business for 5 years and just starting a business that are still kind of in the same business space business place and it's not necessarily that you know the 5 year person has all the answers you can have those strong community relationships because you're both in the trenches or in a major growth phase or because you're opening your fifth location and it's sort of like starting over and then having somebody who's just starting their first space. How do you find people?
1: Okay. I love that you just said the whole, like, you know, either starting over or, you know, it's just being in that growth season. So I, it felt so weird. Okay. So I'm going all over the place here. My brain is like, Oh, Oh, this we need this thing. So when you are an entrepreneur, your brain just works different. It's weird. It really does. So you start with one business and then often you will find yourself realizing that something else aligns in your life. It aligns in your business. And so you're like, I'm going to start a second business.
0: Or you just naturally see the gap in something. Like, I wish this existed. And it's not like, I wish this existed. I'm going to move on. It's, I wish this existed. How can I make it?
1: Yeah. And so it's kind of a learning aspect. I had one business and I was Mm -hmm. in that business for like 14 years. And so I became the expert in that area. Mm -hmm. But then I went and started a new business in a different industry. And then I was once again, the starter. I was back at the start, but I also was still an expert in the other business. And so you're able to connect with people on a different level, having those two aspects.
0: Well, and you can be an expert and a novice in business all at the same time uh-huh. because industry is different. There's major, I mean, even in recession versus, you know, huge growth in a country can have a huge, make a huge difference in how your business starts, runs, operates, and even potentially closes and what mm-hmm. that looks like. You know, we're, we're coming up on an interesting season that there's a lot of expectation that there's going to be a recession coming. So, you know, starting a business now is a very different experience than starting a business four, five, six, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. And especially when things were going really, really well. So as you're starting a new business, it's important then, it doesn't matter if you're starting a new business for the first time, or you're starting a new business in a new field, or you're revitalizing a business. There's always like, there's always this need for community because there just needs to be like where you can grab somebody arm in arm and you're kind of trekking through the muck together. And that moment of I'm having a bad day and I need to talk to tell somebody or I'm having an amazing moment. I just did this like really incredible thing and I want to celebrate it. I will say from my experience, no one celebrates with you and pulls you out of the mud better than a business cohort. Nobody. Nobody else gets get it. They do. They're there with you. Because they called you on their bad day or they called you when they had their great day. I think it's one of the powers of social media because we can have more conversations. Okay, so I realize my age. I should not love Facebook communities as much as I do. But I love them because it allows for conversation where Instagram and TikTok don't, Yeah, right? It allows for more of those actual conversations and connections. So having private groups, joining private groups, joining business cohorts or collaborations, or even within coaches and mentors, like having groups with coaches or that your coaches run. Oh my gosh, they're gold because you never know what somebody else is struggling with. I find that some of my best cohort relationships are sometimes those people that are going through the exact same coaching structure that I am because they get it. They're struggling with the same things. The imposter syndrome kicks in, but they get it because they're also struggling with it. And you grab their hands and we roll along. And maybe that season ends when the coaching ends. And that's okay. How do you know, Deb, from your experience, how do you know when it's time to either move on from a mentor or move on from a coach or move on from like a a cohort or a business owner in arms? How do you know when it's time?
1: Ooh, good one. So personally, when it no longer was a good fit, when it came to the coach, where I realized that, you know, and there's those conversations, it's being vulnerable, it's being open when there weren't results. And that was just because it wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. It's not that the work wasn't being done, but like, you know, it just wasn't a good fit and that's okay. Like we've said before, it's okay to end things, even if that's a business, if it's a coach or, you know what? It served its purpose is the other thing that you did get the results Mm -hmm. and you closed that chapter close that season, or even when it comes to, you know, those relationships in business, I don't think that I've really ever had to intentionally end one to be able to answer that part.
0: I think sometimes they naturally drift apart.
1: Naturally. Yeah, Yeah. Like sometimes, okay. So here's how I can answer that is I have started business with other people, you know, where we're walking side by side and we're going up this ladder together And their life shifted, and so they were no longer walking on the same path. We weren't going up the ladder together anymore because they decided to take a turn, and that's okay. And then I found more people that were going up that same ladder and connected with them. And I think a big part, and this is what I was about to say earlier, is that we find people in these communities because we're putting ourselves in those places, which is sometimes really uncomfortable and that's okay you can even call it out and call it what it is if you show up in a new space and you're like I'm nervous I'm uncomfortable or I don't like doing things like this but I'm putting myself out there like just yeah vocalize that because there's gonna be someone else in the room that's an extrovert like me where I'm like I want to make you feel safe I'm your people <laughs> just vocalize it and it's okay. Mm -hmm. but finding those people to be in community with does mean having to show up. And sometimes that's uncomfortable.
0: I also think that you, that's one of the ways that you kind of can feel that energy is if you walk into a space and you instantly either feel less awkward, less uncomfortable, or somebody like a super extrovert like you and I walk up and go, hi, I'm so excited to meet you. Tell me about your business. If you walk into a space and everyone ignores you, and it feels uncomfortable and it feels like you're kind of that wallflower and you don't know whether you should stay or go or go grab a snack or if you should grab it, like if it feels like I don't know what to do, maybe that's not the space for you. Not Maybe not ever, but maybe that's not the space for you right now. Yeah. And I can tell you even for, I mean, all the years of networking, all the years of connections, all the ways we've done things, you and I, there's still spaces now that I walk into and I'm like, oh, this is not, these are not I can't, the, these people, These I, I'm i not ready for this space. Like there's some where you walk in. And even now, I own multiple businesses. I'm super comfortable in my own skin. I am usually the life of the party. And there's been spaces where I walk in and go, oh, I'm not ready for these people. They're like super executives, like, or they're super executives. And I'm like, I'm completely offstruck or whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm not ready for this space. That just means that, In a year, when I hire that coach that wouldn't let me work with them, I can walk back into that space. Like, it's just sometimes you're just not ready for a space or you're not ready for this particular cohort, but there is a coach, a mentor, and a cohort for you. You just need to seek it out and recognize that you need it.
1: Absolutely. And just be open. And also, I think that's something to be said, and you even mentioned it, where the coach is asking, do you have space for this? Like knowing where you are at, like, do I have capacity to work with a coach, work on all these things? Am I open to this growth? Because so often we just check the boxes like, oh, supposed to get a mentor, supposed to get a coach, supposed to be part of a community. I'm just going to check off this box. But like, you really need to do some introspection And know where you're at.
0: Totally agree. The other piece that I think is really important to consider, and I had a coach ask me this a couple of years ago, and it just blew me away. She goes, What does your life look like when it's successful by whatever standard that you're that you're trying to hire a coach for? What does your day look like? How is it different than what it is right now? And sometimes that question is it doesn't look any different. If it doesn't look any different, maybe that's not the right coach. If Mm -hmm. success means I get to walk away, I can go on vacation, I close up shop at 1230 and I drink martinis for lunch and go golfing every week, cool, then hire the coach for that. But if what you look at or if that isn't giving you the life that you want, when you hit that success point with that coach, you need to consider what that looks like. Or if even with mentoring. If that mentor is not living the life that you're specifically looking for with a successful business, then maybe that's not the mentor for you for business. If they're living the life you want, you can have a mentor for life. It doesn't have to be just a mentor for business. You can have a life mentor, somebody you aspire to be when you grow up. You, you have to pick the person that has the thing that you want to go mimic.
1: And you have to be clear on knowing what it is that you want and taking the time
0: to figure that out. Exactly. In short, entrepreneurs are learners, and you have to be open to learning from all sources. Does that pretty much cover everything for us? I would say so. PLDR, be open to learn if you want to have a successful business. Love it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of She's Killing It. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you found something in particular that you loved about this episode, be sure to review it and share it with all of your female entrepreneur friends. We can't wait to chat with you next time.